Hi, I'm Josh. Hi, I'm Mikey. This is a podcast about racing. Sometimes we talk about racing. And sometimes we don't. This is the crossover. What's that you said about diet, right? I love it. It's my favorite. Really? Jesus. I'm probably the only guy that it's buys it. It's the fucking worst. It's like, yeah. You know why I like it? Because zero sugar. It yeah. doesn't have, um, well, I've got, what's the other shit? Uh, aspartame? Aspartame, yeah. yeah. We've so, got some zero sugar stuff. Well, I love me some aspartame. Dude. <laughs> I just, I, I'm not going to lie. This is a body built by aspartame. Hey. <laughs> 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 I, 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 All right, welcome to the crossover brought to you by Jim's Outlaws. Yep. Uh, Rural One Shot Moondrops Distillery. I want to tell you about that. Also, here in a uh, sponsors a Northwest Figure Eight. Northwest and figure our eight. newest sponsor. We just got a new one. Uh, the Polk Brothers Racing. That's right. We're now sponsored by a racing team. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool. Like holy you shit. You, you you collect bourbons, right? I do. Yes. I'm going to send you out of here with a bottle of Moondrops. Awesome. Um, have you been there? I have. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they do tours. Yep. On Sundays. I did one. I did one. Okay. I'm. The... I could not not do one. I mean, you I, should I, do I, another one. You should do another one because now I do them. Oh, do you really? Yep, starting tomorrow. Oh, sh- let's go. <laughs> you, so go what to the time? website. Go to the website. You have to go to the website. Okay, but what time? Um, it is, it's, uh, they start 12-15, um, 1-15, Okay, <clears throat> cool. Yeah, I have about 800 different bourbons. Wow. Like, I could show you a picture on my phone. You'd probably shit your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's a, it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the one thing I like about the folks at um, at Moondrops is, uh, and I've, we've talked about this publicly, the bourbon that they sell, they're buying. Yeah. Because, Most- <laughs> I know, I know, yep. hold on, I'll, we can talk about that. Yep. We can talk about the folks down in southern Indiana. MGP. All day long. Yep. Um, and here's why I love them, and this is why I started talking about them and why I started buying their stuff long before I knew the owner. You flip over the bottle of, of their bourbon, and it literally says, while we wait for our bourbon, yep. here's, here's something, something we think yep. you'll enjoy. Yep. They were front street about it. Yep. You buy the St. Elmo's cherry bourbon or cherry whiskey, whatever it is. Yeah. They don't make fucking whiskey. They're buying it. Yep. And not only that, they're and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. Eighty percent of the bourbon on the street yeah. is that way. Yep. Yep. It is. I'm actually getting ready to bottle some bourbon. <laughs> really? Yep. So let me ask you. There was a question I wanted it's to ask you. Three fools. Let's. Uh, <laughs> Let's introduce Looks like him we again. have another alcohol sponsor. <laughs> let's let's introduce him again. Uh, this is the Brian. Yeah, Rig. Rigs. Yep. Rig. Rig is my nickname. Rig. Was given to me by my father. Um, if you want to know more about what he does, uh, not for a living, but to uh, to people that piss him off, just watch the listen to the listen previous to the episode. Listen to the previous episode, yeah. episode which, which I'm sure you have. Which I, I, and I will go on record right now and say it is the most fascinating non-racing episode i've ever been a part i've of. never seen you so quiet in my entire life that's right there's there's gonna be long stretches where people think oh and my god so, mikey's not even there let me tell you so earlier this week you and i had the conversation about you coming on the show yep. i then, was not a fan and he was idea. like and he's like what well, i don't know and Is i go listen have anything to talk about like you get a guy like listen i get he's your buddy but we also have to fill air with yep. words or else people don't listen and, and i said i said just just trust me yeah Is, everything's gonna be yeah. fine it's gonna be great, and here we are, and and here we are doing doing the show. And, and we should mention that that my my daughter Mayhem is here. That's correct. As well. I haven't I haven't unmuted her mic yet. All right, she's oh. on three. Yep. Okay, so hold on a second. Oh. 
There you go. Are you there? Is it on now? There it, it is on. There you go. Welcome, welcome. Um, so, so you mentioned in the last episode that you you have a consulting company. I do. Yes. What do you consult on? So I have been in the mortgage business since 1995. Okay. Um, I was actually playing softball at Midwest Park, and um, I had just I owned a. This is another. I got I have so many stories. I literally should write a book. Everybody, get really comfortable. These are yeah. gonna. This is gonna be great. So. I um I was playing softball and a guy says, "Hey, does anybody know anybody looking for a job?" <laughs> and I I literally just sold a business that I had ran, um, and I wasn't doing anything, and it was going into the winter time, it was fall, and I you know I can't play golf all year, and so um, I said, "Well, yeah, what do you got?" And he says, "Well, it's um working on a lock desk, an L O C K lock desk." Yeah, mm-hmm. and um you just take loan origination. Yeah, yeah, you just take uh, calls from loan originators and you lock in the loans for mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, well, how hard is that? That's not hard. I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer. I said, what's it pay? He goes, 19000 a year. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to remember, though, now this is 95 so like a good pay would be like 35 yeah. or 40 at yeah. that time, right? And so he goes, but it's all the overtime you want. And I'm like, I'm a hustler. I'm good with that. So overtime is I'm going to make I, – I literally almost – I'll get up to 30 No, I made like 34 I made Holy almost cow. as much in overtime as I made in salary. Wow. Because you're getting time and a half, Go right? get it. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm – let's do it. So I get to the the company, and that I start – literally my first day is on a Saturday. They have a, a meeting, right? And they bring everybody in, and they're like um, – it's uh, – that Monday, the following Monday is my birthday. And that, that's my first official day at the job. Yeah. But I've got to go into the Saturday meeting and meet everybody. And I'm sitting in the back, and he's you know training everybody on all the stuff that they're going over. And um, and he says, and, and when they're done with the training sessions, I want to introduce Brian. He's going to be a new guy starting on Monday. Brian, is there anything you want to say? And I said, yes. Um, my birthday is Monday, and I like cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody turns around and looks at me and kind of chuckles. And I go, no, I'm serious. I, I expect a cheesecake on Monday. <laughs> and they're like, who the hell is this guy? How old were you again? <laughs> I was 27. Okay. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want a cheesecake, but just make it happen. Right? <laughs> and if you can get the cherry filling on it, that's even better. But otherwise, no, see, I'm a plain, yeah, I'm d- plain cheesecake I, I, I'm good with plain, but I needed a you know good Anyway, yeah. so, sound like one of my teachers. Yep, and so the funny thing is, on Monday they had a cheesecake for me. Oh wow! I'm like, hell yeah! Up. So I get in there, and this lady is teaching me how to do it. I'm listening on headsets while she's talking to you know, the people, whatnot. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, this isn't rocket science. So like yeah. about two hours of sitting there listening, I'm like, can I just do this? And she goes, do you think you got it? I go, well, yeah, I do. Yeah, this isn't difficult. And um, she goes, okay, well, let's see how you do. So boom, I, I, that was it. I'm done. I don't need anybody. I'm. They let me loose, and I never looked back. And probably my third week on the job, I literally stood up, and I cussed a guy out on the phone. And did it, he deserve it? Yeah, he did. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Right. We had a we had a, a midday price change, mm-hmm. and it was pretty significant. And the problem was a lot of these loan officers would not lock in their customers when they did the application. What they would do is they would float it, which uh-huh. you should never do, yeah. right? So let's say today's rate was 7%, and 7% paid a yield spread of 1%. They would hold it for a day or two, hoping to get one and a half because they mm-hmm. get to make more money on right. it. Wow. Consumer, right. But in this situation, the market went the opposite. So now it wasn't seven paying one. It's it cutting was, into his desk now. Yeah. Now yeah. we're at seven and a half and it's even money. You ain't making no money. Right. And you told a customer. You did that work for free now. Well, no, it's, it, you're going to have to pay to, oh, to get that no. 7%. Now you got to pay like two points. 
or two oh, percent of the loan size. Yeah. So if they did a two hundred thousand dollar loan, uh-huh. that loan officer is going to have to pony up four grand to get that seven percent rate that he told the customer they yeah. got. Yeah, so it, it, it's a shady game in that in that yeah. respect, right? So anyway, so I did that for a long time, and that's you know, and I I went through that process, and then. Um, I became a mortgage trainer. Mm-hmm. I trained processors, underwriters, closers on the you know the, the whole, loan officers, et cetera. Yeah. And then I opened up my own business. I became you know my own guy, and I ran my own shop. I did that for a while in Indiana, and then I sold out of that. And then after that, I got into um, working on the default side, right? Well, actually, no, I, I actually became a wholesale. And then this is an awesome story. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sure it is. I I, I I get into the wholesale game. And a, a guy that I used to work for um, called me up, and he was a training manager for a company down in Texas. And he says, hey, uh, Brian, I, I need to ask a favor. What are you doing right now? And I just hit a golf ball. And uh, I said, I'm playing golf. What's up? <laughs> and he goes, uh, well, is there any way I can talk you into coming down to Houston for about 30 days? And I'm like, for what? Ooh. And he goes, I don't know anybody that can walk into a company and know who gets what done faster than you. And not only will you know who gets what done, you'll get them to do it for you. So, and that's, you know, that's, I, I'd like to say that's one of my talents, I think. It's, I make people feel at ease, and, I, and I'm very honest about it, right? Yeah. So, if I'm talking to you, I'm genuine, I understand you have a job, mm-hmm. I have a need, how can we marry this together to get, accomplish what we need to? Yeah. So I said, you know what, Andy, that's fine. Um, I can do that. Here's my price. And he goes, I don't think that'll be a problem. I think we can do it. <laughs> right. So did you feel like you left money on the table? No, no I was okay. I was 100 percent okay with okay. it. I told him my hundred thousand dollars is what I wanted, and yeah. let's let's and you're gonna have to fly me down there. Yeah, put me and, up. Yeah, everything yeah. else. I, I at that time I thought I went pretty heavy on it. So here's where the irony happens. I go into this job. I'm in there, and it's supposed to be a 30 day contract. Mm-hmm. That's it. 30 days turns into 90 days, 90 days turns into 120, now we're in six months. And I'm now going around to the different centers um, for this company, Mm -hmm. and I'm teaching people how to make money. (laughs) (laughs) And it's same business in the mortgage game? Yeah, same thing, but this is wholesale. So a wholesale mortgage broker... What they do is they go out and they call on the loan officers at the at the mortgage mm-hmm. shops, right? Mm-hmm. And then they get them to give the loans to their company so that they can turn around and sell them on the second market yeah. and all that other stuff, right? Yeah. So there's a lot like my small company. We I I did not close in my company's name because I didn't have a big right. pocketbook or whatever. Right. So every loan that I originated ended up through one of these wholesale brokers. Got it. Okay. Um, and then they would send me their rates on a daily basis. Yada yada yada. Yep. So. What I did was I went and taught these account executives how to make money. And the the way it happened was there was a, a lady who ran a branch for us down in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And um, her son actually is a dragster. He he drag okay. races out in any raceway. Oh, cool. Um, so I called uh, Terry up and I said, hey, I, well, I was doing a, a training session for the managers. Mm-hmm. And she came up to me at the end of the session. She said, you know, that sounds all great and fine and stuff, but, you know, it's not always like that on the street. And I said, well, why isn't it? And she goes, you know, you have, have you ever done, done account <laughs> executive work? I go, no. She goes, well, then I, you should probably try it before you tell people how to do it. I said, well, I'll make a deal with you, Terry. She goes, what's that? I go, I bet you that I can come to your town. You give me your worst account executive, and I guarantee... I'll go with them for the first day, and I'll watch how they do business. 
And then the second day, I want them to go with me and watch how I do business. And I guarantee you I'll bring in a million dollars when I do it. She goes, right. I said, well, you have nothing to lose, Terry. I will come to your town. I will stay in a hotel. You give me the people, and it costs you nothing. But if I bring in a million dollars when I go out, you pick up my tab. You pay for the airfare. You pay for the hotel. You give me $75 a day per diem. Mm. And then you also get a million bucks. She goes, game on. Yeah. When do you want to go? So when do you want me? She goes, how about next Monday? I'm there. Yeah. No problem. So I arrive, and the person she has me working with is her son. Oh. And I'm like, mother of pearl. Really? <laughs> <clears throat> and so I said, okay. So I meet him, and I said, listen, here's the deal. I get there like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I said, hey, John. What time do you come in the office? Because I'm usually here between 9, right around 9. I said, okay, I'll be here to meet you at 9. So I actually get in the office. I'm one of the first people there. It's like mm-hmm. 8 o'clock. I show up. Yeah. And uh, John rolls in about 9.20, <laughs> right? And he's playing around. He's walking, and I'm watching him. He's walking around the office, and he's talking to people, and he's checking his email. And then he goes in and talks to his mom for 30 minutes, and he comes back out. And it's almost 11.30 at this time. Oh. And he goes, all right, you ready to go? I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> all right? And so we, we we go out of the office, get in the car, and the first thing he does is stop to get something to eat. <laughs> oh my god! I'm it's like, lunch, bro, it's lunchtime, bro. It's you, lunchtime. Yeah, it's eleven thirty, eleven forty-five. I'm like, oh, I get it. You're hungry, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What time did you eat breakfast? Like six? No, because you didn't get here till nine twenty. Right. Um. But anyway, so I'm I'm keep my mouth shut. Yeah. I'm just making notes and stuff. And uh, so we're done. We hit two shops. He gets one deal for one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. Calls it a good day. It's a great day. Yeah. Because he didn't get skunked. Yeah. And then we're back at the office at three thirty. I said, okay. All right, and I didn't say anything to him. I didn't. I just yeah. let it go, and and I didn't say. Terry asked me well, how to go out there. I said ah, we'll talk about it on Wednesday. She goes okay. <laughs> so, um, I mean on Thursday. So I said uh, okay. So tomorrow, John, I need you in the office at seven thirty. He's like, what? I said seven thirty. He goes, I don't get it. I said, John, listen, I'm I'm not. I'm, this maybe, is one day, dude. It's just one. Oh, day. No, I'm no. not like that. I said seven yeah. thirty, or you don't have a job. <laughs> Ooh. That's exactly what he said to him. Yeah, and he looks at his mom, and she's like, "Does the old shoulder shrug? Like, yeah, you got to do what he says." So he rolls in there at seven, like twenty-eight. I mean, he's cutting it close, and I'm yeah. pissed. I said, "You got fifteen minutes to check your email to make sure you got everything done. Is there any files that you need to deal with? Because you got another fifteen minutes from that. We walk out the door at eight o'clock sharp." He goes, "There isn't going to be anybody there." I said, "I don't care." And one of the things I asked him to do is give me his ten worst brokers mm. or, that he's dealt with. Yeah, right. So, and I, that night I'd went home and plotted them out on a map. So we had a, a path that we're going to take, right? Mm-hmm. We roll up to the first shop. We're there at 820. He goes, there's not going to be anybody here, dude. What do you, I said, that's fine. Let's go see. We go knock on the door. There's no, it's closed up. Yeah. We sit in the parking lot in the car until I see somebody walking in the door. As soon as they walk in the door, I walk in right behind them. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, hi, how you doing? I'm Brian, um, blah, 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 blah. I'm here with John. I'm, you know, the new regional guy. I, I just want to kind of. And every every mortgage shop has the I love me wall, right? The, here's how many loans Johnny's closed, yeah. Right? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I see it. And they're closing business. So I know that they're, they've got volume in this shop. Yeah. And I also know just because of the location, you're not. it's not cheap to be in this building, yeah. right? So you've got to be able to make some money to do that. <clears throat> so the guy's like, yeah, yeah, you know, how you doing? Uh, nice to meet you, Brian. Um, you know, we're, we're good. I said, hold on, hold on. I saw your wall. You guys closed about 65 deals so far. How many did you miss? 
goes, oh, gosh, we, you know, we probably close one out of every five we take. I said, okay, so that means there's 240 loans sitting there that you can't approve. Can I take a look at those? He said, absolutely, help yourself. So I'm sitting in this room, this conference room, with stacks of files there. Yeah. The first, the first office we leave, okay, I got $830,000 out of. <laughs> Holy fuck. In an hour and a half. Yeah. And it's not even 10 o'clock. Brian. Yeah. So we come in that day, and I, I, I did not stop until we stopped at all 10 mm-hmm. offices. Mm-hmm. We were out until 7.15 at night. Wow. John was livid. He was pissed. <sighs> However, he was also happy. Yeah. We walked in with $4.3 million. In your in first one, day. In one day. Yeah. We get back. Terry's sitting there like, you know, this is back before cell phones were hot mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. I mean, I had the Kyrocero, you know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not answering it because I'm busy. Yeah. Right? And so we get back, and Terry's like, well, how'd it go? I said, well, we lost some. There were some deals we probably could have got, but I'm not sure how your underwriters work over here. But we got some, and John's walking in with this box <laughs> full of files, right? And she's like, how much? What? What, what is this? I said, well, I, Terry, I was shooting for four and a half. We got 4.3. She's like, what? 4.3 what? Million? I go, yeah. Are you shitting me? <laughs> I go, I wish I was. I said, I really would have liked to hit four and a half or maybe five, but yeah, we got 4.3. But tomorrow's another day. <laughs> I said, but, you know, but <laughs> I said, We'll get back at it. Now, the irony is a good account executive in this company at that time yeah. would close between 15 and $20 million a month. Wow. I'm closing 25% of that in a day. There are yeah. 20 working days in a month. Yeah. So you should be hitting the $80 million mark. Or, or realistically, I think realistically, if you should be in the 25 to $30 million. Yeah. And it was so funny. Terry's on the phone calling everybody going, holy shit. If you don't know this guy, Brian, you need to get him in. Yeah. And that morphed into what became the craziest thing ever. I go, um, my six months, I get a call from the secretary for our president of the company mm-hmm. at the time. And she said, John would like to meet with you. And so I go into John's office thinking I'm going to get axed now because they can only keep you for six months yeah. as a contract employee. And I'm sure as hell not going to work and make that kind of money for them on a consistent basis right. and not get paid for it, right? Right. And um, so John calls me in, and I've got this whole plan laid out on how I'm going to open a region here in the mm-hmm. Midwest, and we're going to bang it out, yada, yada, yeah. yada. And so John John comes in and says, hey, come on in, Brian. He's sitting there with another gentleman named Ken. And uh, says, go ahead and have a seat. We want to talk to you about some stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is where you're going to ask me, right? And I said, yeah. but I, before you do that, John, I want to talk to you about it. i got a proposal I want to run by. He says, well, we got one we want to run by you, too. And I go, well, I I'd like mine because it's going to make me yeah. money. <laughs> and um, he goes, okay, well, tell me what you got. So I tell him about it, and he says, that's really great. That's uh, that's good that you're thinking that far ahead. He said, what if I made you a better offer? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? He yeah. goes, what if we make you national sales manager? That's a better offer. I'm like, shut the front door. Seriously? <laughs> I go, John, first of all, you're going to piss a lot of people off. Yeah. I said, there are f- there are four divisionals 12 regionals Mm -hmm. you're probably going to lose some divisionals he goes if we lose them we didn't need them yeah because a good point he goes i've heard about what you're doing that's what they should be doing that's what my manager should be doing yeah i was amazed to hear so far today you've brought in over 135 million dollars to the company and we haven't paid you for it i said well that's that's my job yeah I'm doing what I agreed right. to do. Yeah, you're paying me for what you, you know, for what I agreed to do. And he's like, 
yeah, but we want you to do that exponentially across our whole business. And I said, okay, that's fine. So literally, I went from being a trainer. Mm-hmm. Actually, I went from being the guy to help set up a training department yeah. to a trainer to now I'm national sales manager for the company. And um, we went from doing about $1.8 billion a month to doing $2.6 billion in less than six months. Wow. On an average, wow! So we were banging it out, and then the '07 crisis happened, yeah. you know, and that that, that was that was going to be my next question. Yeah. So at that point, but I was ahead of the curve. Uh-huh. I I could see it coming. Coming when you start seeing like back then it was called mortgage implode. Yeah. The website was marking off the some yeah. of the companies that were failing, yeah. right? And I had moved our product line into like a more of a government sector, so mm-hmm. that we could obviously people are still going to buy houses. Yep. There's still going to be stuff going on, but we want to yeah. position ourselves to do that. Yeah, and the, you know the, the most nefarious part about that whole thing wasn't just that <clears throat> that there was a bunch of subprime l- lending happening, and the market was going to collapse because of that. The biggest dark part that tons of people don't get is how much betting was happening on yeah. that market. Yeah. So there was a lot of corrupt stuff that happened. Yeah. And and I would be, I would be remiss to not say that. And and it was on all fronts. Yeah. Okay. The only thing that wasn't corrupt about that whole time frame, and I'm going to say that time frame from like '95 to 2008, the only thing that wasn't corrupt was the consumer. Yeah. Um, from the loan officers, from the appraisers, from the realtors, from the builders, from the people in the secondary marketing side, from the hedge funds, yeah. from everybody. And I knew it was dirty, and I hate to interrupt, but no, I, w- I want to put a pin in this because I want to tell you about the, we don't have to do it now, the first conversation I ever had with a mortgage salesperson. Yeah. It's, and that, and it's from this conversation, I knew there was graft. I knew yep. something was going on. Yeah, and... You know, one of the things that I've always been in my business, when I ran my shop, I wouldn't let my people make more than a certain percentage. Yeah. Because if you're making more than that, you're taking advantage of a customer who may not know something. Mm-hmm. And and that's my reputation. It, yeah. My name is on the business, not yours. And yeah. I didn't want to have that kind of reputation. Yeah. So um, I probably lost some deals because of it. Yeah. But on the same token, I, I could always put my head on the pillow at night. Um but the irony, and this is where it gets fun. So one of the things now I'm national sales manager, and I said, you know what? I got an idea. I'm going to throw a curveball at the business, at the market in general. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go after the largest private mortgage company and see if I can land them, and I'm going to bring three other lenders in with me. Okay. And they're like, what? Yeah, I got this idea. So um, there was a company down in Georgia at that time um, – I, I won't mention their name, but they were the largest private lender at the time, right? And they had their deal was it was almost like an MLM game, you know, because back then you didn't really need anything to get a license to, to originate loans. So what they would do is they would literally they'd have their top tier or you know divisional people, and then they would go down the chain and oh I know you hey you want to be a loan officer right you might only do one one deal a year but hey it's extra money in your pocket yeah and they would build their pyramids out of that right and they had a ridiculous amount of people. And so um, I set up, I brought in Wells Fargo countrywide and I don't remember who the third one was. And I literally said to their divisional guys, I said, what if I can get you in shop? And our goal is to just be the four servicers or lenders that yeah. take care of this company. They yeah. do a lot of volume. Yeah. And the owner of the company loved it. He was amazed by the, my, me wanting to do that. And he's like, I'll give you guys offices. And we banged it out. I mean, it was amazing. Hands down, we picked up most of the business because we had the best product. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did, then this is where my, my true first speaking engagement happened. Right. I mean, I've talked in like smaller audiences and stuff like that, but nothing as big as this. And the company was so big that they rented out 
all of Mandalay Bay and all of the hotel, which was a testament. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, where they do the, the fights and the, yeah. anyway, yeah. so they had a setup in there and all the people are sitting up in the stands and whatnot. And they're, they had a stage. It was, they had a TV station. I mean, it was insane. Right. Yeah. And so their, uh, head of, um, sales or operations was this little Georgia peach lady. She was like 80 years old. Oh. Uh, her name was Nancy and she talked with Hi, Brian, you know, the real yeah. Southern draw, just a sweetheart of a lady. Yeah. And her husband, David, was the head of sales. Mm -hmm. And so Nancy, you know, I, I was told I got 10 minutes to talk to the people. So, you know, whatever. And I brought three slides. And the first slide was, it just said the name of the company. The second slide had like six bullet points on it talking oh. about some of our product. Yeah. And the third slide said, thank you, my name and the name of the company. Yeah. Right? That's it. Yeah. And so I've got like an hour and a half, two hours before I'm scheduled to go on. I'm up in my room, and I, I don't have my tie on or anything else like that. And my phone rings, and it's Nancy. And I say, hey, Nancy, what's up? She said, hey, Brian, do you think you could come down a little early? I'm like, sure, what do you need? She said, well, people are getting nervous, and they're like coming off the stage. We're way ahead of schedule, hon. Do, <laughs> do you think you could come on down like now? And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll be down. Throw my tie on, yeah. get my sport coat. I go down there. I'm ready. And I, I don't see anybody on the other side of the curtain, right? So, uh -huh. like, I have no clue how many people yeah. are out there or whatever. The day before, I talked to about 200 of their processors, and, uh -huh. you know, no big deal. So I'm thinking I'm going to be talking about four or 500 yeah. people. So she said, "Every is there any way I can get you to stretch your presentation? I go, Nancy, I got three slides. Are you kidding me? <laughs> how much time do you need me to fill? She goes, about an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. She goes, well, it's just if, if you know, because right after you is countrywide, and if and if they get done, then there's nobody here to talk, and Hubert's not scheduled to be here until X time, uh -huh. and people will just get up and leave, and I can't have people leave. Yeah, yeah. I said, "All right, do you have a clock in front of the stage?" She goes, "Yeah, we do." I said, "Then set it at one hour and ten minutes and let it count down. I'll fill the time." And she's like, "Oh, bless your heart, you go get them." Yeah. And so they introduce me. And I go running out on the stage, and I high-five the MC, what, you know, and everything. And then I turned. And I about <laughs> shit my pants. <laughs> 16,000 people. Oh, are shut the fans. fuck yeah, up, I was dude. like, you have got to be kidding me. And um, I'm like, whoa. And then I did one of those almost gasp and heart attacks, yeah. right? And I said, and, I, and they got the bright lights on mm -hmm. and everything else. Yeah. And I did like They're this. They're all looking at you. I, you know, I put my my hands over my eyes like a visor so I could see, you know, what's going on. And I'm like, son of a mother's uncle, there's a lot of y'all out here. And I said, woo, if it's okay with y'all, I'm going to take my jacket off because it's a little warm under these lights. And I, I don't want to look unprofessional, but it's hot up here and I'm a little nervous. Yeah. And they all laughed. And yeah. I said, so I take my jacket off, throw it over a table there. In all honesty, be honest with the crowd. They, yep. That's what they want. Yeah. They, yeah, absolutely. Agree with you hundred percent. So I said, um, I said, well, you know, first of all, I want to introduce myself. I said my name and, and where I'm from and everything else. And I said, uh, I, I want to thank you guys for giving me an opportunity to talk to you. Now, here's the thing. I could get up here and tell you how great we are. I could tell you about our product. I could tell you all these crazy things, but most of y'all don't care about that. At the end of the day, y'all care about making money, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to make money, go ahead and raise your hands. We can get you out of the way because I don't want you to have to sit here and listen to me talk. All right? Are <laughs> we good with that? Everybody kind of laughed. And I said, and I, there was an older gentleman who was sitting in the front row and things. So I asked him, if I said, sir, can I get you to come up here with me real quick? So he comes up on the stage, right? And he's he, he was probably every bit of 65, 70 years old, right? 
He gets up on a stage, and I said, I got a couple questions I want to ask you. First, can you introduce yourself? So he introduces himself. And uh, I said, where are you from? And he tells me where, from, where he's from. And I said, what do you do? And he goes, I'm a loan officer. I said, man, I'm amazed. I've been in this business for a while, and you're the first guy I've met with money. <laughs> he goes, what? I go, you said you're the loan officer. You're the guy who gives everybody their money, right? He said, no, not really. I go, what? wait, hold a minute. Everywhere I've been in my life, loan officers hand people money. You're handing them money, right? He goes, no, sir. I said, well, then wait, I'm confused. What do you do? He says, well, I meet with customers, and I take applications for them to get a mortgage. Oh, okay. <laughs> so do you put everybody in like a like a 10-year balloon or five-year balloon? He says, no. Well, how do you know what to put them in? Well, I don't. I let them choose. I go, oh, okay. So wait a minute. I think, are y'all loan officers? Everybody, everybody out here a loan officer? And they're all like, yeah, 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 kind of thing. I'm like, okay, the owner of the company is going to hate me. But I need you all to go back tomorrow. When you get to the office on Monday, I'm going to need to tear, away, tear up all your business cards, throw them in the trash, do whatever, donate them to recycle, whatever. Ain't none of y'all loan officers. All of you guys are mortgage loan consultants. Your job is to teach people about the product and let them choose. You should never choose for them. Yeah. Because you are the ones that are going to either ruin their situation based on a bad choice that you made because you went chasing money. You should consult with them and let them know what the side, the side is. And the average life expectancy of most mortgages anyways between four and seven years. Yeah. So it, when you know what your customer is trying to do, it's easy to consult with them and tell them, right? So everybody's kind of laughing about that. And I asked the guy, I said, okay, so now that we know what you really do. So <clears throat> let me ask you a question. I said, do you have a doctor? He goes, oh, yeah, a family doctor? Yeah. What's your doctor's name? He said, uh, honey, what's our, what's our family doctor? So she yells up, yells up the name of the doctor, and we'll call him Dr. Smith. And I yeah. said, okay, how long have you had Dr. Smith? He goes, oh, gosh, probably 25, 30 years. I said, great, okay. Do you have a dentist? She said, uh, he goes, yeah. I said, what's your dentist's name? He goes, honey, what's her? She yells up the name. And so I said, okay, great. How long have you had Dr. So-and-so, Dr. Jones, for your dentist? And he goes, oh, gosh, probably about the same, about 25, 30 years. I said, great. I said, um, hold on a second. Hey, honey, do y'all have car insurance? <laughs> <laughs> she yells back, yes, it's with Allstate. <laughs> so I go, okay, great. How long have you had Allstate? He goes, oh, gosh, as long as I've been driving. I said, awesome, okay. Let me ask you this question. Why? He goes, what do you mean, why? I said, why do you have Dr. Smith as yeah. your doctor, mm -hmm. Dr. Jones, and, and Allstate for that long? I'm sure you can get better insurance, cheaper. I'm sure there's probably a better doctor out there for less yeah. expensive. He goes, well, I trust him. I said, exactly. So your job is to consult with people so that you build the same relationship that those three people built with you. So they trust you so that when you go down the road in four years and they've sold their house and they want to buy another one, they're calling you back. Yep. Right? That's what it should be. Doesn't matter what company you work for, they're, they're calling, calling you. you because yeah. you built the relationship, yep. right? And so I originated <clears throat> three loans with the same yep. banker. Yeah. And she worked in different banks every time. Yep. And so um, I said, okay, thank you. Everybody give him a hand. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. And let's get you back down there and sit down. And I said, I want everybody to stand up. So everybody stands up. And I said, if your guy next to you isn't standing up, I want you all to go ahead and punch him in the head. <laughs> so everybody laughs and everybody's standing up. I said, if you've been in the business more than 10 years, have a seat. Out of 16,000 people, maybe five people sat down. Wow. <clears throat> I said, okay, if you've been in the business more than five years, have a seat. Maybe another 15 or 20 people sit down. Yeah. If you've been, and I, I chuckled all the way down until we got to six months, right? At six months, there was probably 14,000 people still standing, yep. okay? And I said, I want everybody to look around. I don't know if you see what I see, but I see a lot of people still standing. 
So the next time somebody tries to tell you how to do things, remember, they were standing. They don't know much more than you know. Yeah. Okay? So you need to first find a good resource for you to learn from. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to teach you how to make money in this business. The second thing you need to learn is the product that you're selling. You need to know what it is you're doing. You need to understand how the, how the programs work so that you can educate your consumer and go that route. And they're like, okay. So I said the key to making money in this business is not having one revenue source. Not, you know, not realtors, not built. You know, you need to diversify. And so I started talking about it because this is what I did. I had divorce attorneys were my were people I called on. Realtors were people I called on, but I really didn't like them. No offense to any realtors. I'm just, they're, they're yeah. yeah, they're not. I don't try to tell you how to do real estate business. Don't try and tell me how to do mortgage business. But, um, and then I had, uh, like I said, divorce attorneys. I had uh, 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 CPAs. I had financial planners. Um, and then my my two best resources were funeral homes. And, and and everybody chuckles when I say that, yeah. but but I had a younger younger brother was killed in a car accident, uh-huh. and I went to the funeral. Well, home. that stopped the chuckling real quick. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the funeral home, and they had this book uh-huh. that they literally go through with the the yeah. surviving individuals, and yeah. they talk about all the things you need to do mm-hmm. to be prepared and to yeah. to get past this scenario, right? Yeah. Bank accounts, all all yeah. the things, right? And it's amazing. But what they didn't have was a mortgage person. And I'm like, these people probably own homes, you know, and yeah. they probably want to know what they should do or what, what yeah. you know, because a lot of times on a mortgage, both people are on the mortgage and yeah. one may pass away. Yeah. What do I need to do now? Yeah. Right. So um, I need to hit the pause button again. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm going to blast. Dude. I but, forget where we were at some point. No, no. He I was talking it. about funeral homes yep. and I got it. needing a mortgage guy. Yep. And so, it, so I'm teaching people. Basically, all the different ways, because obviously any business that wants to be successful, if you just do your business one way, mm-hmm. when that way doesn't work anymore, yeah. you're dead in the water, right? Yeah. So especially in the mortgage business, you want to have multiple avenues of, of resource. Do you have, have you, uh, do you know any insurance salespeople? I do. Yeah. yeah that's, it's, yeah. It's the exact same yep, thing. It's my, um, the wife's father will get 10 to 15 checks every month. From yep. from his commission, right for life insurance. Yep. So no shit. Yeah. And that's yeah. So that's one of the things I also sold. I got my my health and life insurance policy, mm-hmm. or ability to sell because it's a no brainer. If you're getting a mortgage, why right. not just get this? Yeah. And you know, it's a no brainer. Anyway, yeah. so and that that also provides a source of revenue when you don't close as many deals, kind yeah. of thing. Right? And, and by the way, folks listening at home, if um if you can't afford to carry life insurance, the term of your mortgage, you can't afford a mortgage. Agreed, 100%. Period. Yeah, and I will tell you, um, and not to bring down anybody, but I had an older, my older brother who's 18 months older than me, passed away a year and a half ago mm-hmm. um, with COVID, and he did not have yeah. that. And the effect of that is absolutely drastic yep. on the family beyond that. So um, anyway, so I, I did this whole speaking thing, and literally we're coming right up to an hour and 10 minutes, and I get a standing ovation. I turn around and go to walk off this. I'm getting goosebumps because this story. Yeah, every time we yeah. tell the story, it's just amazing. Dude, I, I can't even imagine it. Like it, you're in Mandalay Bay. There's sixteen thousand fucking people. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like tits McGee right now, right? And I turn around. <laughs> there stands the owner of the company, waiting to greet me as I yeah. walk off the stage. He shakes my hand. He says, "Don't, don't move. leave. Yeah, don't leave. Stay yeah. right here. I'll be right back." 
He goes out there, says a couple words to people, whatever. He comes back off, and then Countrywide walks out after me, right? Yeah. And Countrywide goes, well, I don't know how to follow that act. I'm, uh, I'm so-and-so from Countrywide. Uh, we have the fast and easy. Call me. I mean, literally, he it was off in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Nancy catches me. She's like, oh, my God, Brian, you did so good, huh? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Now, here's the irony of it, okay? They had paid a guy who had a cassette deal or whatever, yeah. or CD deal or whatever, to come in the next day mm -hmm. and do what I just did for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I walk off the stage with Hubert, uh -huh. and uh, we walk in, and we get in the elevator, and as soon as the elevator opens, there's my boss, John and Ken, my, yeah. the other guy, Ken, my counterpart. And we get on the elevator, and the guy turns to me, he says, um, or he turns to my boss, he goes, I'm going to hire him. And <laughs> I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. You know that, right? Yeah. And uh, I said, you don't need to hire me. He said, no, no, what's your price? And I said, there's no price. Yeah. He goes, everybody has a price. price. I said, well, I don't care how deep your pockets are. You don't have enough money because there ain't no price out there. Yeah. And, um, and he goes, well, you think about it. Let me know. So, okay, have a great day. And he gets off the next yeah. flight or whatever. John, my boss, turns to me and goes, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you just had carte blanche. You should have yeah. told him $700,000 or whatever. Yeah. I, go, I go, John, you don't understand. This is how I work. You gave me an opportunity when I was just a sales guy or just yeah. a trainer, yeah. right? Nobody else would have ever done that. Yeah. And for that, I'm truly indebted. Yep. And I, I love my job. I love working with you. I love the company. Everything's great. Yeah. Fast forward, the market collapses, and it was, I mean, it was horrible. It was a shit show. It really was It bad. was a bloodbath. It was. But the good news is, is all of those guys that were standing up, the 14,000. Yep mowed them down. Yep, absolutely. Because yeah. they shouldn't have been in the position. Agree with you 100%. So now I got to reinvent myself. Yeah. I've been on the sales side, you know, yeah. the origination side forever and the underwriting and the, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I know where the money's made in that business. Yeah. It ain't made underwriting files. It ain't made processing files or whatever. And I'm, I'm, I'm now hungry. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I got to get into the servicing side because that's the only thing afloat, right? Yeah. And at that time, there, you weren't getting jobs anywhere. So there was another company that started a servicing shop here in Indianapolis, um, and I ended up going to work from them, and I took a huge pay cut. I mean, huge. I was making $39,000 a year answering telephones as a collector. Wow. Oh and in that time frame, you do not want to be a collector. Right. I mean, it was a horrible time to be a collector. Yeah. Nobody wanted to pay. Um, 39 base plus commission? No, or 39K period. Period, dude. dude. And, wow. and it was it was I'm, I went from making six figures to thirty nine thousand. Wow. The one thing that I think helped me immensely was that I didn't live like I made the money I made. Yeah. I lived like I made fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So it was easier for me to transition. It, have you always been that way or did the always. military yep. do that nope. to you? I, I've always been that okay. way. I mean I I, I could I'll Later on down the road, if you have me back on the show, I have a, an awesome story. Oh, no, you're we're going to. You're, 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 you're staying here forever. <laughs> I have an amazing story when I was a kid. It, what a, a present I got for my 13th birthday that made me the person I am today. Okay. Um, so, you know, looking at that and seeing that and getting into the servicing side, I realized that there's a lot of stuff in the servicing side and there's opportunity there. Mm -hmm. And what I did is I literally cut my teeth doing stuff people didn't want to do. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this not to belittle anybody in the business, but in the from the mortgage side, if you can add 2 plus 2 and you can come up with 3.75 to 4.25, you're probably smarter than 80% of the business. Yep. Wow. Yep. Remember you and I talked about um, investments? We did. And I said, you were, if you're paying someone to do your investments, you're a fool. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not – and you have to understand, they're paid – 
to explain it in a complicated way. Right. And then let you know, don't worry, I got your back. I get it. I'm here for you. Yeah. I, I spent years learning yep. this. Yep. Yeah. And it, it was, I, I go back to what Warren Buffett said. Find an S&P stock, or a bond fund, an S&P index fund, mm-hmm. put all your money in that because it's never lost. Yep. They've had bad years, and right now is not great. Yeah. Um, a lot of family members are kind of pissed off at me right now, but the only one that's going to stay pissed off is the one that took his money out. I'm betting against the market right now. Are you really? Yep. Okay. I, you know, I will tell you, I've seen the writing. Well, when the S and P, like with the the fund that I'm in, it's it's an S and P index fund, and when it drops, I take whatever cash I have, and I buy more. Yep. Well, because you're going to double down essentially, yep. right? And I'm I'm I've seen this played over several yeah. times. I've been in the business since 95, so I've seen it in 97, mm-hmm. 2000, yeah. again in 07, and I'm telling you we're heading down the bad yep. path, I think, honestly. Told you. <clears throat> um, yeah. And I'm not trying to be the sky is falling kind of guy, but yeah. I'm 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 very aware of it yeah. right now, right? So having made my career now on the servicing side, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I I and I can't stress this enough for anybody in any business, anything yeah. you do, don't get tunnel visioned in what you're doing. Yeah. Learn as much as you can. Make yourself as broad as you can in the industry you're in, right? And I made a point to do that. I took jobs doing other things within the company, um, you know, because I wanted to learn more. Yeah. What that's done is that's kept me in the business when other people have had to go along the way, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I now run a consulting business, and this is one of the things Josh and I were talking about. And I, um, I went whale hunting. Right. And so that's the thing I like to do. If you're going to do it, go big or don't yeah, go. Right. Yeah. I live in the state of Indiana, but I went whale hunting after California. And there's a program out there now. And if you listeners are hearing this and and every state got an opportunity from the U.S. Treasury Department. Um, every state received a fund called the HAF. That's Hotel Alpha Foxtrot. It's it's the purpose of that money was to help homeowners who were affected by covid mm-hmm. who fell behind on their mortgage and covid could be something that hurts you for 30 days i mean yeah. it doesn't have to be like you, the whole time frame or whatever right yeah. where you fell behind and you can actually get help from from your state there's a every state has it and then what they do is they give the money out and there's some of them that are paying like your payments for six months. Some of them are paying to reinstate your mortgage. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different scenarios. And some of the states ask for almost nothing to prove it. Yeah. And it's a lot of it is just based on attestation. You, yeah. you attest that this is the situation and this is what happened. And now here we go. Um, and so I went after the state of California because they got a little over a billion dollars. Right. Wow. And um, when I got out there um, and I interviewed with everybody, um, Everything went really good. Uh, they asked me. They, it was funny because I undercut the bejeebus out of my rate, and because um, this is the first federal program I've ever applied for, first you know working with a government kind of scenario, and I didn't want to be that guy that you know went in there. Well, I, I need five hundred dollars an hour to do this because yeah. I'm you know whatever. And um, when a, when a guy called me, there's an overarching company that is actually doing it for the state, and then. I work underneath that company okay. um, and my company is hired by them as a vendor. And so the guy calls me up and says, Hey, I got some good news and I got some bad news. I said, well, there's no such thing as bad news. So just tell me what you got to tell me. And he's yeah. like, well, the state really likes you, but they can't pay you what you're asking. And I thought you son of a bitches. I'm <laughs> not going to take it. I cut my rate ridiculous. I'm not cutting it again. Right. But I didn't say that. I just said, okay, well, what are they asking? And he said, well, we got to pay you more. 
And I started laughing. I said, okay, how much more? And he told me about crap my pants. <laughs> I said, okay, great. And then he goes, and do you know other people? I go, I do. Right? And so the scenario was. If you have to take that, take it. No, it's not. It's just, right. I need to turn it off, actually. Um, so the scenario was that um, I, I, with my company, there was just me. And what I would do is I would source people when I went into a company. Like right. if, if I come to your company and you needed processors, I, would, I, I know enough people in the business now. I can find processors, and I'll bring my processors yeah. in, and we'll do business for you, yeah. right? Um, so this one was, do you have people that can help us with this program? Like, Absolutely. So I had 17 people working on the program. And I'm billing X rate, paying Y rate, yeah, yeah. Right. and that's how I make my money, and, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm fortunate in that. And, you know, I don't gouge anybody. I've never done that in my life. I don't believe in that. So we do well, right? And we're, we're having a good time. And I, the, the key there is, you know, being able to help people keep their home. Mm -hmm. That's the push, right? Yep. Um, and I can't stress that enough for anybody listening out there, go to your state agency. It's HAF program. Um, every state has it. Nobody's ran out of money yet. I think Florida said they did, but I don't think they really did. <laughs> um, and that's all, and that's all politics, but, um, realistically look for help. If you need it, get it, go do what you can. Yeah. Um, and I've been fortunate with that, yeah. you know, because, that, because when people lose homes, it's a burden on the system. I've been there. Yeah, I, yeah. I literally had a house foreclosed on me and this was back in like Oh two, Oh three, whatever. Yeah. I went wow. through a rough divorce and I, I lost my home and back then they didn't play. So here's what happened. I had a rental property that one of the first houses I bought in Indiana, it was up in, uh, on Greenfield Pike in Noblesville. Mm -hmm. And I was living in it. It was a little 1100 square foot, three bedroom, one bathroom house. Um, and, uh, when my house, in 141st and, and Cumberland Road there, uh, Woodbury subdivision, got foreclosed on. Um, I got a call from the neighbor across the street. Some guy was throwing my stuff out the top window into a dumpster. <laughs> I was at work. Now, I carry a pistol in my yeah, truck, yeah. and I came home about 900 mile an hour, had the pistol drawn, and this guy was getting ready to throw my computer out of the truck. And I said, you throw that out the window, I'm shooting you right now. Yeah. And he literally sold his pants, scared to death, <laughs> and I'm like... Yeah, so we get the mortgage company on the phone. They're like, well, and what had happened is my wife and my ex-wife had lived there, and it got, she didn't pay any mortgage yeah. payments, right? So wow. in Indiana, 12 months, of, you get foreclosed. Well, yeah. she had to get financing and get it in her name, and she never did. So um, here I am now. It's foreclosure day, and I had just moved back in, literally like a week before. <laughs> <coughs> and she finally moved out, and I moved back in, and now, yeah. now stuff's getting thrown out. Anyway, it was a, a bad story, but... Um, from that, I'm like, holy cow, this is insane for anybody to have to go through this, right? Yeah. I would tell you I'm a survivor. I will fight and figure it out. That's uh -huh. who I am. But yeah. not everybody's yeah. like that. And yeah. so for somebody to have to encounter that is is brutal, especially if you have children. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's extremely tough, you know, watching your kids have to walk out of a house because the sheriff's at the door saying, get out now kind of thing, right? Wow. You want to hear a sad story? Yes. The second house that we bought because... Um, for circumstances I won't go into, but my dad had to move in with us. At the time my wife was pregnant, um, we lived in a in a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath condo. Yeah. And it was one of those um, early 2000s condos that was actually more of a townhouse, but sure. they, they put so many in one building. Yep. But, I mean, from cement to roof was all us. Right. And um, in a span of three months, my daughter was born and my dad moved in with us. So we we found a foreclosure. And it had been it had been empty for two and a half years, okay. and it took, and because it was a foreclosure, and you know the that house was you know one file out of thirty. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, 
Those are very nice. That the processor was dealing with. It took fucking forever. Um, the first winter we were there because we moved in. We moved in, in in on Labor Day, and it was fucking sweltering. <laughs> My daughter's bedroom, the windows fogged over, and it was you could see where some other kid had drawn hearts. Oh, oh yeah. And yeah! Wow. I love mommy, and you could see where stickers had been, yep. and I felt fucking horrible. I'm like, some kid lost his house. Yeah, yeah, some kid lost their house. Yeah, well, again, you know, this is I always tell people this, and like when they underwrite a file, mm-hmm. um, and not to get into a mortgage training session, but yeah. when they underwrite a file, they underwrite it to like 31 percent of your gross income. Yeah, what I tell people is you should say 35 percent of your net income. Yeah. It, that should be where your mortgage payment should be. And what you don't realize when you buy a house is that, and this is the this is the thing that would burn my tail end on the business side, mm. especially in the new construction stuff. Yeah. Okay, I go into a new subdivision, pops up, I buy the house, and I'm thinking, wow, life is great. My payment's thirteen hundred dollars, because they, a year ago, this quarter acre that you're sitting on, the tax amount on that was thirty eight dollars. Yep. And then all of a sudden the assessor comes by and goes, oh, there's a building there. And now mm-hmm. your taxes become $1,800 or $2,400 a year. Yeah. And what you don't realize is that you've gone two years without paying it. So now you've got to pay $7,200, which means your payment shoots up 600 bucks. And that's assuming there's no special assessment Correct. for the curbs and the roads or schools and shit or, and the or schools. drainage or yeah. all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. And people don't realize that, and mortgage people don't tell them, and builders yeah. don't don't disclose it because they want to see like they're cheap. Right? So same house. Um, the, 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 the mortgage company. So it was, it was fucking leveraged to the teeth. There were three mortgage companies. Sure. One of them made a very, we found out years later that there was a mortgage officer that was trying to buy the property. And that's why it took forever for us to get it. He had talked the other, all three companies into paying off the special assessment, which was supposed to be paid off in a 20 year increment. Right. And then he couldn't get the funding for the house. Oh, shut up. So it got paid. So I was paying thousands less than everybody else because the special assessment for my property had been paid off by the mortgage companies. Oh my god! I didn't know that the um, my underwriter who I knew told me that because he was looking for it. He was like, "Listen, man, there's there's something wrong about this deal because I've closed forty properties in the subdivision. There's something missing. You're not getting the whole story. Give me just a, give me an hour." And he called back laughing. And he was like, you're going to pay significantly less. Because, Good for you, though. Because this other guy did it on like 40 other pro, not 40, 50, whatever it right. was. And uh, and he was like, we need to close like now. Today, yeah. Now. Yeah. Because eventually he's going to turn it over to somebody. He's going to give it to somebody else. Right. And 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 I was like, is that why this has taken so long? He's like, yep, this is exactly oh why. Because awesome, he's man. trying to find funding for this house. Well, good And what you, sucked though. about that was... Um, that whole neighborhood had gone through two waves of ownership. I hated, I didn't hate, I felt bad talking to the owners that did everything to stay. Like they they, lever, like they leveraged everything they had because you talked to one of the original owners and they hated the people that came in and bought the foreclosures. Right. I didn't do, I well, wasn't like cutthroat. I just needed well, but, a house at the time. Yeah, I think the difference is most of the guys that come in there to buy those scenarios uh-huh. Are making them rentals. Yes, and the problem is but, the people that rent don't mm-hmm. care about the house. Yeah, see that what that's a problem now. Back when we bought the house in eleven, it wasn't that big. I mean, it had started it, sure. just like the guy that was trying to buy the property. 
Um, but the original flush of owners paid twice what we paid. And most of the people that got kicked out, they were all ninja um, mortgages anyway. Right. They would write, you, literally, your, your, your salesperson would write something. Because they knew, I close a loan on Friday. Monday, it's getting bought up anyway. Right. We can put whatever the fuck we want on that mortgage. Yep. And that's how the that's how people lost their. I mean, well, back in the day, they used to do. We used to call it the fog a mirror mortgage, right? Yeah, if somebody can fog a mirror, they can get a mortgage. And I'm sorry, I said ninja, no income, no job. Yeah, Nina, got it. Yeah. No income, no, no income, yeah. no asset yeah. type deal, right? So, but even even the, the kick to that was you had to have a good credit score, right? Yeah, you had to have a 680 or better credit score. You and if you don't get someone on the get someone that's, else on the application, yeah, that's the thing that used to burn my hide is you had a lot of people. That would go out there and, like, I, I don't have good credit, let's say. But I call you up and I say, hey, can you straw buy this property? Uh-huh. We'll do a no-income, no-asset. We're going to use your credit. I'll pay you 5000 bucks. Life is good. I got to deal with this. I'm working on And then you wouldn't be amazed at how many people got left holding the bag yeah. on those kind of properties. So now the market's tanking. Everything's going belly up. And guess mm-hmm. what? Your credit's hurt, not mine. Yeah. And, and the Dirty um, landlords that would be collecting rent and not paying the mortgage. Yeah. So you would ship. You would get home. You're renting this house, and all your shit would be on the curb. You'd call the landlord, can't get a hold of him. Yep. And then finally found out, yeah, no, you were paying him, but he wasn't paying the mortgage. Yeah. There's a lot of scams like that going on. I mean, it was bad. It's bad. And, yeah. It and was, there were people it was heartbreaking. There were people that would actually go in because you know I used to drive around the neighborhoods and see when the deadbolts were knocked out. Yeah. Right? Because that's a clear sign the house got foreclosed on. Right. And so then I would call to find out. I'd go look and see who owned it, you yeah. know, what company owned it, and then I'd reach out to them, see if I could buy it. I, that's all I buy. It. Yep. I, didn't, I didn't want to go to the auction. I wanted yeah. to buy it before you even got to the auction. Yeah. Well, now you can't. It has to go to the auction. Every one of those go to the auction now. And it's a fist Because fight. of that. Because of what happened right. then, yeah. Right. And so many people at the auction pay so much more than what the property's worth. You know, but again, they're hedging their bets. They want to rent, you know. Yeah. And if I take my $200,000 and I buy a hundred, like. They're trying to add to the rules here in the association. And unfortunately, the quorum rules mean that it won't even come up for a vote. No. They're trying to add a rider to the covenants that says that you can't rent until you've owned it for three years. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I but unfortunately, awesome. and I just, I just talked to the association manager. She was like, we can't even bring it for a vote because you have to have two-thirds quorum for the owners. And there's 880 houses in this and, neighborhood. And, about, and she said, with your signature, we've got about 280. And I'm like, wow. okay, well, we don't have a quorum. <laughs> yeah, quorum is what, 60% or 67? 66%. Yeah. Yeah. So that's whew, that's a lot. Yeah. And, and or 67, I'm sorry. I was just saying, the flip it's side is 33 and a half times two. Probably 400 of the 800 houses are rentals. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you don't know. You well, really and here's know. the right. thing when you drive down the road, you can see which ones are. Yeah. Because the, the yards aren't mowed, yeah. paint isn't taken care of. All, yeah. There's a million things that you know. Yeah. Because, because when you own, you protect your investment. Yep. It, yeah. And I always told people, this is a funny thing, but I always told people, when you look at your mortgage, a lot of people just sign the docs and don't really read it, yeah. right? The, the title company gives you a package. You're already into it, right? So yeah. I, people trying to scrutinize the, the wrong things. Mm-hmm. The only thing you should ever look at when you sign a mortgage, they call it the CHIT now, the CHIT or yeah. whatever. And it used to be called the good faith estimate. Good faith, right? yeah. So yeah. it shows all your costs and everything else. Those should match up with what yours did at origination, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's where your true costs are on your mortgage. Yeah. Everything else doesn't matter. It's all government forms. And they yep. can't fake it if they wanted to. Yeah. 
But it should be worth your time to read it since yeah. this is the single largest purchase yeah. you're ever going to make. Make sure that what you agree to in the beginning is what you're signing at the end. Right. And so what a lot of people... And pay the $200 and get a fucking lawyer. Yeah. And so... Sorry. Or, or call me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's ironic, though, the number of people that don't read the mortgage. And I always say, hey, do me a favor real quick. When I was doing the collection stuff, yeah. right, and this is back in 07, 08, I tell people, do you have a copy of your mortgage? Because I'm looking at it also. I can yeah. see it in the document list. Mm -hmm. If not, I can email you one, right? And they're like, no, I, I did. I said, I want you to look through there, and I want you to tell me where it says your house is going to appreciate. Yeah. Because it doesn't. Nope. Essentially, what you're doing is guaranteeing you have a rental contract, right? You have a place to live as yeah. long as you continue to pay. Yeah. And, um, you know, I went through, I, I literally got involved in what's called the Hope Now pro program in the 08, 09, 2010, 11, where I, I traveled to cities and I met with the consumer face to face mm -hmm. to try and keep them in their homes. And some of the things that were happening were insane, you know, I mean, absolutely insane. And um, I'd have people who were paying $550 a month for a BMW, $800 for a Mercedes. And those are on time, but they wouldn't pay their $1,100 mortgage payment yeah. because the mar my house isn't worth what it used to be. Well, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You still got to pay. You're pay your fucking bills. By the way, you're paying for this fucking car. I hope you're yeah. okay with living in it because yep. that's the only thing you're going to have in a minute. Mm -hmm. um, you know, stuff like that. And I, I was just amazed at some of the decisions that people make on yeah. a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that was a tough one. And, and the, the one that sticks in my mind, right? So when I worked at the company I worked at for the uh, Hope Now team, um, they did a lot of what's, what's called not, not Fannie Freddie, but like investor loans, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and what that means uh, is you have a, a giant pool and a hedge fund owns it or somebody mm -hmm. else owns it. And it's not, and this, this is, I'm going to interrupt. This is a misnomer that a lot of people think about. Like FHA, is they don't give you the money. Right. They're an insurer. Yep. They're like State Farm. Yep. Fannie Mae is an insurer. Student loans are run the exact same way. Yeah. Th those are all insurance companies. And yeah. the only reason they're involved is they're giving, they're allowing you to not put 20% down. Mm -hmm. Right. So anytime you go above 80%, now that insurance company comes in. And oh, by the way, you're paying them for it. Yep, you're paying them to to make to to reduce the risk yep. to the mortgage company. That's all those companies are. They make it. They make it sound like they're they're that you're benefiting from it. Right. And the only benefit you're really getting is not how to put as much money down. Yeah. But realistically, that you know, there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. And anyway, um, so as I'm traveling around and I'm doing these private deals, right. I, I come across, I'm in California, and I come across this couple, and um, they come in front of me. The wife sits down in front of me, and I tell the husband, he's standing. And I said, you go ahead and have a seat, sir. He says, I, I, I can't. I go, what? He goes, I, I, I'm, I, I can't. And I'm like, it, it, here's me. I'm a knucklehead. Right? Right. I'm like, dude, you can sit down. It's okay. You ain't got to yeah. stand. And he goes, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I really can't. And, mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to tell me why, mm. right? And I'm kind of asking, but I'm not asking. Yeah. And then he goes, um, I said, do you have your pay stubs? That's yeah. one of the things. I literally would underwrite the files right there. And if I could approve their modification or help them, I would do so, mm -hmm. right? So the wife hands me three different pay stubs. She's working oh. three jobs, okay? Yeah. And I said to him, I said, sir, do you have yours? He goes, no, I, d I don't work. And I'm like, what? You don't work? What do you mean you don't work? And, I mean, he looks like a normal guy standing yeah. in front of me, right? Right. And he goes, um, I can't. And I'm thinking, you lazy sack of shit. <laughs> you got your wife out here working yeah. three freaking jobs and you can't work. And then yeah. his wife goes, he's disabled. And I'm like, what? And I'm thinking, surely he's not disabled. Well, I watched right. him walk up here, right? Yeah. And then the guy lifts his shirt. 
and it's like his rib cage on the side is completely gone. He got hit by an IUD, all right? Oh. And I'm like, holy cow, bro. I'm so sorry, you know? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I don't get any VA disability either. I go, what? What? Fuck. I go, you got to be freaking He's 100% disabled. <laughs> but he gets nothing oh from the God. VA, right? God. And he's been fighting it now. Yeah. At that time, he'd been fighting it for a while. And and um, he was in part of the, like I was in Desert Storm. So mm-hmm. he was part of the Desert Storm group, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there looking at this guy. And I'm, I mean, I want to cry. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. And they've got a house. Their mortgage, it, well, it's not big. It was like maybe a 1,400-square-foot, three-bedroom, two-bathroom house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was out in the middle of nowhere kind of yeah. thing in California. Um, and there are places, by the way, like that where there are yeah. you know, rural areas in California. Yeah. Most of it is rural. Most yeah. of it's conservative. Correct. And so then he says, um, I go, well, what do you do all day? He goes, well, I got chickens. I raise chickens. Um, and then we for eggs, and then we sell yeah. some for – and then we use the chicken we cook up, whatever. And then I've got goats, and we – you know, basically, he's got farm animals that he's yeah. taking care of, and that's how he tries to help out the family. And I said to him, I go, okay, so then I'm looking at the wife, and li- literally this woman is working like 16 hours out of every day, yeah. seven days a week. Do they have kids? Uh, they did, yeah. Jesus. Uh, and they're, they're, it was a, they had one daughter, and she was 13. And so I said, okay, so I look at their whole scenario. I look and see who their investor is on their loan, right? <clears throat> and I said, and, and this is the irony of this, okay? At that time, this four hundred thousand dollar house was probably worth about ninety grand. Yeah, right. That's how bad the market had gone the other way. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I, if I, you know, as our our job was to do two things. Number one, try to keep people in the in the house. Right. That's the first and foremost thing. The second thing is try to protect the investors' in investment. Right. Yeah. And our guidelines were very simple: reduce the risk to the investor. Right. Get something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, here we go. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're going to do. I said, ma'am, I'm going to be able to help you guys, but there's a couple rules I'm going to put on you. And she's like, okay. And I said, you're probably not going to like them, but I need you to do them if you want to stay in your house. She goes, okay. And I said, I want you to look at these three pay stubs. Of these three jobs, which one do you like the most? Well, this one. Okay, does it pay the most? Yeah, okay. Then I need you to quit the other two jobs. She's like, what? I said, I need you to quit the other two jobs. I I, I don't know if I can. Ma'am, I'm talking, get them on the phone right now. I, I'm like, and, and that's exactly what I yeah. told her. I said, I need you to call your boss right now, and I need you to, to thank them for employing you, but I need you to quit your job right now. She's like, but how am I going to? I said, here's what we're going to do. You're going to, I'm going to stretch this mortgage out to 50 years and I'm going to give you a 0% interest rate. You're going to die before you pay off this mortgage. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but yeah. you are going to pass away. It's okay. You're going to pay like, I think I took their payment from like 23 or $2,700 down uh-huh. to like $980, yeah. right? Wow. And um, she started crying. Yeah. This one gets me into yeah. this is one of those ones that you know, you know you did something good, yeah. right? And so they're both standing there crying. I said, I need you to stop crying because you're gonna get me to cry and then right. I cry. I guarantee everybody else sitting over here is gonna yeah. start crying because what is wrong? I got right? more people to see today. Yeah. We gotta and, get to- and I said, but I need you to make those calls right now. Yeah. Because I can't do this if you have this income. Yeah. And she and she goes, But I go, listen, 
Your husband is disabled. You and he need to spend quality time together. If you're working, you're not doing that. So I need you to do this. And she's like, oh, my God, bless you, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. You know, and the big hugs, the whole nine yards. And my boss is sitting like a couple people down. She's looking like, what the hell is Brian doing? Yeah. <laughs> and the irony, when it was all said and done, they paid the same amount for the house. The investor just didn't make any interest on it. Right. Wow. However, if I didn't do that, the investor would have lost 300 and some thousand dollars. Right. So would you rather have your initial investment back or would you rather lose 300 grand? Yeah, and on top of that, now you're paying $900 a month and eventually you're going to start building equity again. Correct. And possibly you pay off the loan just by selling, get the fuck out. Yeah. And it's a win all the way around. Yep. Right. And so to me, and, and this is the one thing I say to people, homeowners make the environment there. Renters don't make the environment. Yeah. No offense to any renters, but most renters don't care about their houses. They don't, you know, they just live in them. As that's a, why, that's why the security deposit is a joke. Exactly. Right. Cause you're not going to get what you're going to lose on mm-hmm. the security deposit. So, um, that was a big thing for me is to be able to help people. And yeah. I, I and, and absolutely enjoyed and appreciated that. Right. Um, and then conversely, I went from that into doing contested foreclosures uh-huh. and the stories I can tell you on that side of the fence are just insane. <laughs> I mean, but the cool thing about it is I learned, I learned what really happens in the servicing world, right? Yeah. I learned how foreclosures worked. I learned how bankruptcy worked. I learned how, you know, the servicing worked. Yeah. I learned how funds were posted. I learned about loss mitigation, all the things that make up the servicing world. I learned mm-hmm. Because I had to talk about them in court. You had to be able to say, you did this, you did this, and yeah. this, and this, right? And my job was to testify and represent the company I was working for. And um, learning all of that made me very well-rounded for other opportunities, other positions, other things. And then when I realized, um, like, I, I got into claim filing. And what claim filing is for a mortgage company is once that loan gets foreclosed, just like an insurance for your car, you, there's a claim that gets filed, yeah. right? And you file with those insurers that I mentioned earlier, the uh-huh. FHAs, Fannies, Freddies, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so claim filing is a dirty business. It really is. It's one of those ones that nobody wants to know, yeah. but it pays well, yeah. right? And if you know it, you can... You well, can it's also... The problem is there's also a ton of opportunity for graft. Yeah. Because... Well, on on the vendor side, not on the yeah, mortgage company yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. No, there's no, a lot no, of garbage yeah. in that, right? Yeah. So... Um, because you can file a claim for whatever you want and just hope that they don't come look. Correct. But on the mortgage side, they're, they're at least sharp enough um, from the yeah. insurance side yeah. that they'll say, this is the max you can get. Like on attorney's fees, you can only get this much in attorney fees, right? Yeah. So, But the attorney, what happens is most mortgage companies don't know, mm-hmm. right? They don't know. They're, they're, the people doing it are just like processing yep. stuff, right? Yeah. So they don't know. And if an attorney told them that, hey, the judge dismissed the case, okay, I got to refile. Okay, great. And then, and then you add another fee onto it. Yeah. And so having been there, I I did the contested foreclosures. I Mm -hmm. sat and listened to these attorneys say, well, we are not ready. Yeah. We're not prepared. (laughs) And so the case would get dismissed and the, the attorney would go tell the servicer, well, the judge dismissed your case. (laughs) And so they would rebuild the servicer. Now the irony of all this is that adds up to the consumer, right? Yeah. Those are costs that the consumer Mm -hmm. incurs that they don't know. Yeah. So if you went to reinstate your mortgage, you might be paying three times because a, a, a attorney wasn't ready. Yeah. You know, you don't know what the, what the actual stuff is. You know. Yeah. I want to tell you a story. I think that you'll find funny, and it's going back to that property where I finally, because it took us three months just to get them to the table after an accept, after an accepted offer. Holy cow! So, at two months, no, two and a half months, it took two took me two weeks of doing this. Um. 
their the attorney of record for their side made a huge mistake once, but that's all I needed. He sent me an email, but he forgot to BCC me and he CC'd me. Mm-hmm. So I saw everybody else. LinkedIn was pretty new at the time. So Oh, I know this is going. <laughs> I went name by name and found out where everybody worked. So the people that didn't need to see the email I sent, I took them off. And um, I didn't warn my my lawyer I was going to do this. He, he got pissed, and he should have. I should have told him I was going to do it. Uh, uh, Tom Justice, Ottawa, mm-hmm. Illinois, fabulous attorney, great guy, fought really hard for me. Um, all for two hundred bucks. This guy put himself through the ring anyway. Um, at I went to the Kane County, Illinois website and found out the yearly taxes. On that property that I was trying to buy. Right. And I started the email with good morning. My name is Michael and then my last name. Um, I, we agreed to terms on this property on this date. Since that date, your companies have paid this amount in property taxes that I would have willingly paid. I hope you have a great day. Hope to talk to you soon. Wait 24 hours. Add the next day's property tax to that number. Send the exact same fucking email. Good morning. My name is Michael. My last name. We agreed to terms on this date. Since that date, you have paid this amount in property taxes that I would have gladly paid. Have a great day. Talk to you again tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. How many did you send? Day two. What's that? How many did you send? Um, on day two, my lawyer called me okay. and said, hey, uh, what the fuck are you doing? And I said, why? And he said, the attorney of record on that side just called furious. And I said, whatever do you mean, sir? <laughs> and he said, listen, you need to understand that some of the people in the process are here to help you. And I'm one of them. So tell me what you did. And I told him, and he was like, that's fucking genius. Don't stop. And he said, here's what I'm going to do. It was a Tuesday. Because it was the second day. Okay. He said, um... I'm not going to take any of their calls this week. And by Monday, I promise you they'll be calling once an hour. And that's exactly what I did. Oh, my gosh. No one ever responded to the email. They played it straight. They called right. my, they tried calling well, my lawyer. Attorney. They have yep. yep. And I said, hey. And I, and I think at one point, I, I, like I, and they were always cheerful. Good morning. Yep. And I think I had like a daily inspirational quote that I oh threw gosh. in there. Oh my god! And um, you take one hundred. You miss one hundred percent of the shots. You don't. Friday. You don't take. Friday afternoon, my lawyer calls me, and he and he's laughing. He's like, "This is fucking genius," and he said, "They won't stop calling. Once an hour, they call." Oh my gosh! And my assistant is starting, or my secretary, whatever assistant admin is starting to get uncomfortable because she's running out of shit. To, like, well, he's in court again. And, oh my god! Like. You know, I'm in Ottawa, Illinois. No one is in court that often. I, I would have to be the only lawyer in it's Ottawa. It's a lot of, <laughs> of speeding tickets I got to deal with. You don't even know that. And he said, uh, he said, I promise you, um, Monday afternoon, I will have a closing date that they will not because they had missed three closing dates on top of it. Right. That they will not miss. And Monday, he finally, by the time he got on the phone with them, they were talking about um, suing me for breach. Ooh. Wait, they weren't going to the closing table. They can't sue you for breach. So I happened to be there for that because we were we were closing. We were we had sold another property. So I happened to be in. He was like, I waited to take their phone call until you got here. Let's call him. 
and my wife was there at the time um and it, it, it was it was glory because he had had enough of it too he's making it was either 200 250 dollars on the whole freaking deal and i didn't know that i was pretty unsophisticated unsophisticated at the time i thought every time he lifted a pencil he was charging me. he was like no I, I charge every mortgage cu- customer this flat fee. Right. And I just mow them down, and I'm tired of dealing with these guys. So gets them on the phone, and it was their attorney of record, two junior associates or something like And let me explain. Brian, I'm talking about a $140,000 property. <laughs> I'm not buying an estate. $6.2 million yeah. property. Right, right. And, um, and he said... Uh, the lawyer said, you know, I've got a, I, I've got to, I, I got to tell you, I'm pretty frustrated with your client. Um, I don't know if you've spoken with him, but he's harassing my client. And, and, and Tom said, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm going to stop you right there. I want to make sure you're aware that I've been CC'd on these emails. There's nothing harassing. He's stating a fact. And you haven't been here for three closings. So, I would slow down with the harassment, he said, because here's what's going to happen. I've never seen a clearer case of breach of contract on your side. And and I'm going to file here in Ottawa, and I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow telephone deposition. So get he literally said, everybody in that room needs to go on southwest.com right now. And next week, we're going to go in front of a judge I've known my whole life. And you're going to explain to that judge why it's taken my client three and a half months to close on a hundred and forty thousand dollar property. <laughs> oh my gosh! And the lawyer on the other side said, uh, "Tom, hold on a second. And the line goes quiet. I'm sitting there, and I'm pumped, dude. Yeah. I didn't know that this is these kind of conversations happen pretty. Good. I'm oh, yeah. like, I'm high five, and my wife is like, <laughs> my wife's got the vapors, and. Uh, <laughs> Maybe 45, 60 seconds later, it comes back on a, hey, Tom, when do you want to close? And he and I forget what the other attorney's name was. And the other attorney wasn't a bad guy. He was doing what he should for his client. And he said, we've been ready to close for a month and a half. Let's close tomorrow. All right, Tom, hold on a second. Go silent again. Tomorrow, 8 a.m. And they all showed up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep. And again, it was just, we're faxing paperwork back and forth. So, yeah, that was... That daily email. Good morning, everybody. My name is Michael So and So. I am I am the winning bidder on this property at this address. As of this morning, you have paid X amount in property taxes oh that gosh. I would have gladly paid. I hope you have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> awesome though. That is so awesome. It's not even funny. I um, I, I I'm always amazed. at the at the garbage that goes on behind the scenes. Of yeah. Points, right. Um, it just, it, it absolutely astounds me. And I, I love the industry. I absolutely love mm-hmm. the business. I, I love what I do. It's dream making. You're putting yeah. people in home. There's a lot of value in that. And you get it, you get to realize that right away. Right. Um, and, and especially now, you know, I'm very fortunate. Um, the, the group that I work with now, all amazing people, what we do for the state of California, again, amazing, you know, being able to help people retain you their need homes. anything. No, I'm good. I'm solid. Thank you. Um, but it's just, you know. It's funny because, you know, when I was telling you about the military guy, uh-huh. it, it made me think of another story, if I can segue into that one. Please. Where are we at? Run well, we're at like an hour and ten minutes. We're, do you, you want to do one more show? Well, here's what we what I Because I, I have to catch up on some text, yep, too, yep, from my boss. So let's do this. 
for the crossover. I'm Josh. I'm Mikey. I'm Brian. Be good. Or be good at it. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.